Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you listen to this episode of Three Talk. It's episode 221. Myself, Jack Neville, and Matt Callan of the Weekly Observer and Vail Star. We have a very special guest that will be joining us from the start of the podcast, former Limerick Intercounty goalie, four-time All-Ireland winner, Barry Hennessy. So stay tuned for an interview with Barry and much more. impression the game, we get old with what you put into. It's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go out and get it, no more about it. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pound's worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, Charlie Buckley. To do that to Tommaso Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Let me find out there from the world court today. No more about him. He made all the run that was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the fact that it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. Is there much time left? No sympathy in this game for anybody. As I said there in the intro, Matt, we do have a, a very special guest, and it is indeed Barry Hennessy. Barry, you obviously announced your retirement back in November or December. How's it been since then? Um, emotional, Jack. We'll call it emotional. I know it's been great. It's been great. Um, I suppose it was an obviously at the start and getting all the nice messages from people. Um, but I suppose once the game's kind of kicked back in there in the last few weeks, you're kind of there saying to yourself, did I make the right decision or not? But um, I know it's, it's been great. You talk about uh, making that decision in the games that you're probably referring to the, the Fitzgibbon Cup there. When did that come on the radar for you? Um, courtesy of Fintan O'Connor. Uh, I thought it was quite just doing my, my part in Masters there below in uh, in Watford. And then the head kept down in the hall and Fintan got wind that I was down there and sure. Uh, you, you couldn't say no to the club boss, especially when you're going back there full time. So, how how did you find that? I suppose when you announced retirement, Charlie thought that you'd be waiting for Kilmallock season to start before playing high level hurling, but you weren't long waiting for it. No, no, and um, it was probably a little bit hard at the start because just you're you're kind of I'm one of those people that you're either all in or you're not like, and kind of into a sense we look just come when you can kind of a thing, and I was kind of itching at that as well. So. I don't know, can I do that? Do you know, it's not fair on other fellas, but um, yeah, I got to play a couple of games before Christmas and played a couple of games and after Christmas. And in fairness, we, done a, we had a good run to, to last week there and nearly pipped the, the eventual champions. Do you know, so it wasn't, wasn't too bad. Yeah, nearly pipped you well, I suppose, in the grand scheme of things. You probably gave you well their hardest game over the course championship only lost by three points. And we saw what they did to everyone else that you must take huge, I suppose, encouragement from that. Ah uh, yeah, look, it was um, it was a great performance for ourselves. I suppose no one gave us much of a chance, really. To be honest, I don't think people gave us much of a chance against DCU either. Um, and we got a big result up in Dublin, and probably missed maybe two eight in the second half against UL. That ultimately cost us in the end. But look, they're they're a fantastic team. They're littered with with intercounty stars all over the place. And even if you look at the the thirty odd lads they have on the bench as well, they'd make any college team, let alone any other team in, in the country. You know, so it was um. It was great to kind of play to that standard, and even though it was probably a moral victory as such that you ran them so close, you know, it was it was big for the college to get back to the, the semi final again after I think it was, was it eight years or ten years since they'd last been there. So it was progress, anyway. From a personal point of view, to keep out the likes of Mikey Kiley and Adam English and these boys, you must be happy with that yourself. 
I had very little to do with that now, Jack. Um, as I said to you previous, um, we'd, uh, we'd a full forward that was converted to a full back. Um, that would turn out to nearly be a masterstroke from Finton if we got over the line against Joel. Um, in fairness, he he gave, uh, I actually think they're best friends, would you believe, would you believe it? Um, Sam and Mikey, so I, I don't know, was there, were they taking it easy on each other or what? But um, in fairness to Sam, he, he, he gave Mikey plenty of it on the night, and, yeah, and his brother was in the corner then as well, and his brother gave uh, Adam plenty of it then as well. So, um, I think the two boys were probably a bit uh, frustrated that they didn't get much uh, ball in the semi-final and let loose in the final. So. And after the run to the semi-final, was there any thought in your head to, to give John Kiley a bell and go back in? <laughs> no, no, he's um, he's three very capable goalkeepers inside there at the moment. Um, that all can do a job and will do the job that John needs. So um, I was just more than happy to, to, I suppose, play something to keep your mind off uh, the, the retirement side of things and the, the games that the lads are playing now. On the announcement, I suppose, firstly, were you surprised with, I suppose, the outpouring afterwards, the, the amount of messages you would have received and the impact on social media? And I suppose then as well, what was it? When did you make the decision to, to actually leave the camp? Um, yeah, I suppose, look, it's, it's always, I suppose, it's always nice to get the messages. Um, you didn't realise, I suppose, the magnitude of, you were, of the messages you were going to get, like, um, and I suppose the impact that you may have had on people, I suppose all you want to kind of do when you finish your career is have the respect of the, the people that you played with um, and so the management and teams that you've been involved with then as well. And to get that and then obviously get everything else then from, from supporters and friends and family. So it was it was nice. No, it was a nice touch, you know, I miss, I suppose, just fight all the sacrifices that were made over the years. Um, but in terms of the decision itself. I suppose uh, having two two young ladies under two was one of the, the bigger factors um, and spending time a little bit more time at home and even towards the end of the, the year last year, it was just getting a little bit harder to, to get out the door to train and there was no picking up the gear bag anymore at four o'clock and heading away um, to be inside for five. Uh, it was nearly like uh, an army coordination on the battlefield trying to, to collect the collect small lady and drop her to um, her grandparents' house to mind her for the, the hour or two till, till Elaine came home and collected her. So I just factored in those things and I suppose looked only small for so long and in fairness to Elaine, she had said to me that if I wanted to go back for another year that we could make it work. But um, I probably asked for a lot already and, you know, used all my favours. So I said, look, uh, it's time now to, to pass it on to someone else. So. And you, you talk about passing on to someone else. The, the standard goalie in Limerick is extremely high at the moment. Obviously, Dave McCarthy and Jamie Power inside there, Jason Galan as well. And... Even in your own club, I know Conor Handy plays out the field for you, but for you, well, he's a goalie. So there's a lot coming through as well. Oh, massive. I think it's, it's whoever gets it for the next couple of years. And um, whenever Nicky decides to finish, you know, it's going to be still in very safe hands. You know, I think I've said this before. Um, Limerick have been incredibly blessed in the last 20 years to have the standard of goalkeeper that they've had. Um, I don't think you look back on any of the teams and say, you know, there was a weak link there. Um, we've, we've been blessed in that department uh, for a long, long time now. Even back to, to Tommy got arrested, you know, it's it's been an incredibly safe hands. Um and looking at what's coming after that, even you look at the likes of Tomas Lynch, um there's another couple of lads there that are underage as well that are, you know, at a good age profile. Um I've no doubt that they'll they'll get exposure uh, in years to come as well and it'll just it'll continue to be in safe hands, whoever has it. Yeah, it looks to be in safe hands, but for so long we've been blessed to have yourself and Nikki and you know, your careers kind of merged in a in a long way. Like how much how much do you take from the fact that you pushed Nicky to, I suppose, a new level over the last seven or eight years that he is considered one of the best in the current game and one of Limerick's best of all time? Yeah, look, it's um, 
I think it's a good reflection on on yourself, Jack, and how you're performing. You know, but I suppose equally important for me was you, you David, or you Jason, Jamie back in 2019, um, Aaron Murphy previous to that. Like, you know, there's always been a good trio that have been there pushing each other. You know, so like the third choice pushes your second choice, and your second choice pushes your first choice, and your first choice is no no choice but to to perform. You know, so um, and look, I think we just we work very well. There was a good dynamic there. Um, there's a very positive and healthy relationship there uh, because you hear some horror stories in other places of the goalkeepers that don't get on and they're always trying to better each other and injure each other and get one up in each other, you know, whereas you know, we have a very healthy working relationship there but we just wanted the best for the, the group um, as opposed to just ourselves. So. You'd want to have a healthy relationship because you do be there an awful lot before other lads to train and like if Limerick are training, we'll say at 7 o'clock, how early are the goalies there getting their warm-up done? I see we're we're older now, Jack, as well. So you know you have to go in and get the bit of strapping and you have to do the mobility work and the stretching and all that to make sure that you were still able to get on the pitch. But uh, I look, you you probably start about forty minutes sometimes before that, uh, before the lads would start, um, and just get your your bit of striking or whatever to be done first, and um, get that out of the way. That if you are needed in the session, then that you'd have a, a body of work done before before that. So um so yeah, I looked to us you, you spent a lot of time, I spent more time I'd say with Nikki in the last ten years than I did with some of my family. So um so yeah look that that was great. And it was great to get a chance to to work with him um and see it literally at front row level to know the his abilities and what he was capable of doing and what he's what he is capable of doing. So And the role of a goalkeeper since you, you started, you know, for Kilmala, that's obviously changed an awful now we even see some goalies come up and score and you've scored a share of freeze for Kilmallock. Like it's chalk and cheese, I suppose, when you started the role of the goalkeeper. I actually saw a video of my senior debut with Kilmallock against Harry Spillane on YouTube floating around there at Christmas time. Um I think it was Fimber Walsh or someone had shared it. And I think every ball that I got, I didn't even move with it. I just threw it up and hit it as far as I could down the field. Um, so if, I think if you did that now in the modern game, um, you wouldn't be long sitting on the sideline. I can tell you with the manager beside you. Um, but yeah, look, it's it's made. You've gone from trying to make the the, mir- the miraculous outstanding dive and save into the top corner to now at the moment, I, I suppose, look, it's heavily focused on restarts and positions and you know, being comfortable on the ball. Um, but your mentality changes completely from you want to be involved in everything and blocking those balls, like I said, in the top corner to you just want the team to win now and whether you, you know, if you just have to puck out the ball, so be it. Or if you're involved, even better again. But as long as the team gets over the line, you don't really mind what your your input is. So. That evolution of the goalkeeper almost um, resembles the evolution of Limerick, you know, since you came in and you were in there, I think, in 13, but missed out on a Munster medal and you were back in 14 full time. But if you go back, we'll say 10 years, did you ever envisage this turnaround for Limerick? Uh, you, you probably knew it was there. Um, it was just trying to get the monkey off the back was the big thing, you know. Um, we probably had, you know, similar quality players in the earlier years um, as every other county. But, you know, it was just the, the 73 and in the back of your head in 94, 96 and, you know, nearly getting there was that in the back. Was that just built into the, the psyche of, of Limerick at that stage? Um, but you could kind of see it then towards the end of 15, 16 when the younger lads from the academy started to come in. And the likes of Tom Morrissey, who are just you know, natural born leaders, growed, that would have no problem at you know, 19, 20 years of age of, of pulling all their lads and you know, showing their leadership qualities and, and their standards. Um, and I think the standards that the younger lads brought in because they'd won so much at underage level as well. Um, 
going back to say myself and Nikki's time, I think we won very little. I think we won one minor match in two years. And I don't know how to be even win a 21s match. We were knocked out more than we were in the anyway. Um, but those lads, you know, they'd won minors, they'd won all Ireland's with schools, Hearty Cups, 21s, you know, so they'd, they'd medals. We had to play for, play for their coffee with medals at that stage, you know, so when they brought, when they came into the senior ranks, they, they just dropped standards completely and brought it to a whole new level. And I think it was, in my case, and it was right place at the right time, so. Oh yeah, well, you, you'd soldier for a few years at that stage, but was there any, was there any turning point that you remember, I suppose, maybe turning to Nikki or turning to someone saying, this is changing, or was it more gradual with the lads coming in at training? Um, I suppose myself and Shem Siki used to travel the train and go bit together and we'd, we'd always say like say at the end of 17 you could feel that there was a mountainous amount of work that was uh, done in 17 um, and even though our results probably didn't go the way that we had hoped you could still see that the way we were cha- trying to play had changed, the way we were training had changed, you know, the standards around the, the setup had changed. Um, Lads were buying into it, and then in eighteen, I think I think John even references it himself. Look, Galway sawtailed in the league it was a watershed moment for the for the group, um, and it probably probably set a few pulses racing uh, across the next couple of years because we had an awful habit of falling behind, maybe by five or six points similar to Sawtail, and then just literally grinding it out and get over the line by one or two points. You know, so um, I think that Galway game was probably the the moment for the group that looked this was one of the big heavy hitters. Um, I perceived heavy hitters that were in line to win another All Ireland, and we were after turning them over under on patch after being, I think, it was a eight points down in one stage. So, you, you you mentioned Galway there, and obviously a few months later it's Galway again, not Ireland final. And I suppose what was the build up like, you know, around Limerick because it was huge, like fanfare. You know, it's different now where we're kind of used to it, but back in eighteen it was the first All Ireland final in eleven years, and you're going for a, a first All Ireland in, in, in forty three, but. There didn't seem too much panic in the squad. Even you mentioned Tom Morris before. His interview afterwards, he's one of the coolest men in Crow Park. What was it like that day? I suppose going up to Dublin and just the day itself. I I think it was. Um, it's credit to John and to Caroline. Like it was, it was incredibly calm. You know, there was no, there was an excitement more so than a nervousness. You know, because I think we we just had got um, John talks about incremental improvements. Like we got better across the year. Um, each game we got better. Uh, got more comfortable with each other and I suppose that belief um, was there as well and like I suppose no one gave us really much of a chance against Galway they were all saying that we were going to be bullied and you know, we didn't have the, the physicality maybe that they had and I just remember the first 10 minutes like we you know, <laughs> whatever notion of not having physicality was blown out of the water you know, because there was a couple of massive hits from our boys straight away you know, and it probably set the tone for the for the rest of the game Um but look, it was incredibly calm. Um, like I said, lads were excited more so than anything else, and we were very well protected too. Um, we we weren't told to go home and knock ourselves up for two weeks before it. Um, you know, we were encouraged obviously to to live your life and to get on with your business, go to work, etc. Nothing has changed, and it was just I suppose treating it as another game, and that's that's the way it had been treated. Then for the the four or five years after that, every game is just a game, and you know, just go out, go out and enjoy it and go win your game. So. Yeah, I suppose an awful lot happened in the intervening years and you won, obviously, again in 2021 and 22. What was the difference between 2018 and 2022? I suppose last year seemed like there was a lot of pressure as well going for that three in a row, which you had experience being there. It, it did seem to be a level of calm again. Yeah, I think, look, you've just incredibly, um, you've an incredibly driven group and competitive group. Um, the lads just want to win as much as possible, whether that's training, matches, cards on the train, going up, you know, lads are just extremely driven um, and I suppose there's a good 
there's a great collective and a, a good bond there that um, lets just want to work for each other and do the best for the men beside them. And you know, there's no, there's no I. You know, it's it's we before me. So I think lads have completely bought into that and just that shines through in the pitch then and lads are willing to literally empty the tank for each other and anytime they've we've done that or they've done that we've got a result so and obviously for you success has, has followed at club level as well and i'll throw it over to you matt because you know a keen observer of the limerick senior championship for the last few years uh barry first of all congratulations on a great career with the, with the county um I, I i presume we'll see you guarding the balbic net for another while I'm. Uh, I think I'm four years after twenty years service the senior level, Matt. So I'm. I'm hoping to get to that to, to there. So that's the that's the plan anyway. That's good news anyway. Barry, um, I suppose twenty twenty two was the first full year where we saw the split season, and um, how difficult was it to make the transition from the highs of the inter county scene down back down to the club level? Um, I suppose there's that. That bedding in period again, Matt, of um, just because I've seen them were successful and you went right away, right to the end. And I think you were only a week of kind of a turnaround before you were you were back into the action again. Um, so look, the first week was probably a little bit difficult uh, because you were just trying to recenter yourself and get yourself back. Um, and of course, give your your club teammates the the respect that that deserves as well. You know, um, so it was probably the first week was probably a little bit hard, all right, but. Once you got back in with the lads and started training with the club again and just got on the roll, it's it's seamless to be honest with you. There's uh, like like the, year, the last few years, Matt, there's been no one kind of looking backwards and clapping yourself on the back for winning all, in all Ireland. You're straight back into the ticket with your club. And, you know, as I said, that deserves the, that your respect too, you know, at the highest level as well. So, but Barry, you, your, your career to date with Kilmallock has coincided with a very, very successful. Uh, spell for the club four county titles in the in the in the last twelve years is absolutely phenomenal by any standard. In in a county where the the the, the club championship is so competitive, uh, definitely match. You know, like you, you look at the, I think look at both groups and all the teams that are in both groups. You know, there's there's a puck of a ball between the majority of teams and even the perceived weaker teams. You know, I, I wouldn't class them as weaker teams. Um, the championship is extremely healthy and extremely competitive. I think that, that coincides then obviously with the health of the intercounty game as well, you know. So all that work that has been done at, at grassroots level in clubs and then with the academies as well, you know, it is you can see it in fruition in the senior championship because you see some liberties turn patch as well over this year. They should have turned us over um the year previous in the quarter final. They went to extra time and we just got up with the skin of our teeth. Um, you see it there highly competitive as well. The Diamond Palace Henry went on a run this year as well. So you know, the, the landscape is changing. People said that there's only four teams in Limerick, but you know, the landscape is changing and it's only a matter of time before you see the likes of Moanleans, the Mungrets, um, and those teams as well push on and, and challenge that, that top group as well. Uh, won a very good county in 2021, um, Barry. Probably a bit disappointed last year, but disappointed probably with the performance in the final, maybe more so. Um, but there are still exciting times ahead for Kilmallock with the like of Shane O'Brien, Connor Handy, Clark and those coming on the scene. Yeah, and look at Pierce Connery there, Matt, as well. Like, you know, there's there's a nice um used to live lads there, like Michal is still only twenty five, you've Oshid. Um I suppose a group that maybe was perceived to be on its last legs. When you look at the older lads on the panel has been just rejuvenated with with the younger lads that have come in. Like Shane was Shane was a massive difference last year for us, you know, that you had that focal point up front. 
But at the end of it, like you were still only 18 years of age, you know, and as a group, you can't be relying on your, your 18 year old and his first year senior to get you over the line. Like, you know, it's up to us to mind him and bring him on. Um, but it's a good it's a good sign for the club and there's more there's more younger lads there that are, are only champing at the bit to get through as well. Um which is great to see because because as I said it keeps it keeps competitive and it keeps us all honest. Um and it stops any I suppose complacency keeping creeping in. So Kilmalak have a great tradition, Barry, in putting emphasis on underage structure and underage hurling. You were part of a glorious period in the noughties when, when Kilmalak were winning minor and under 21 titles at will. Yeah, and I think credit goes back there, Matt, to, to Paddy Kelly, um, Bernie Savage, Jim Maloney, um, McKean, God rest him, you know, there was a lot of people there, Mike O'Connor, um, that were involved at that at underage level and brought us through. Um, and I suppose personally, especially Paddy Kelly, you know, Paddy was, um, he's a neighbour of mine and he was the fella that if Paddy spoke, you listened, you know, and you shut everything else out around your life and you listened to Paddy and what he said, you know, so... Um, the likes of him were, were massive for for us because he just he brought that team ethic and the team worked us and you know, obviously the skill side of then as well and I think it obviously bore fruition then because we won I think we won in every age group being honest from 14s to 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 21 you know so you can see when the work is done it does come true. I'm just wondering, getting back maybe to the county briefly for the, the moment, what kind of a spectator will you will you be will you be an armchair spectator or will you go to the matches or? Um, I I haven't brought myself to go to one yet, Matt. But I've watched the last two on the telly, all right. Um, it's still a little bit, uh, still a little bit raw, I suppose. Um, but not. Do you get animated? Ones. Yeah. Um, I suppose you're trying to remove yourself from being. I suppose look, I I was probably in a similar position when you're watching on from the stand, you know, as, as you are from watching at home. But you know, I suppose what what the lads are trying to do. Um and what you're trying to go after and then when you see things done well you know you're absolutely excited from and you're, you're delighted and when you see things break down a little bit you're probably as frustrated as you would be inside the stand but um yeah look it'll we'll get to the match eventually match i think uh i'm targeting the end of the league anyway um like like the outland uh, the panel you're targeting the end of the league just before championship to to make the appearance and then uh definitely which look once the once the championship rolls around uh i plan on having the two small ladies with me and we're, we're going wherever the, the bus is going I'll cut across you there, Matt, because I am I am conscious of time we have you for but I'll keep you for another few minutes, Barry, if you don't mind. Um obviously your retirement and we've lost Seamus Hickey and Richie McCarthy in the last few years. Can you start to see that new crew coming through, the likes of out of English you saw close person, Colin Coughlin for you well, Carl O'Neill, and even your club night Shane O'Brien, that it has been a core group for the last five or six years that there's a few younger lads starting to break through. Yeah, there is, and to be fair, like you used to live, even looking at the the demographic, um, and the age group on on the team, Jack, like you still have a lot of hurling left from a lot of the big big names. There's still like there's a lot of them in their late twenties as well, um, but like those younger lads, I think John has a great knack of integrating those younger lads into squads and into into teams and across leagues and championships. You know, um, he just seems to always have the right answer of when to, to let the, the horse out of the, the paddock, you know, and let him go. Um and it's worked over the years. Um but look he there's an incredibly experienced spine on the team as well. And you know he's well able to build around that as well. And those lads like Cahill and Colin like they got their they got exposure the first couple of years. Paddy O'Lockham was the same job played in an Ireland final at a very, very young age as well. And you know you just you give a lad that taste of it. And they're only chopping it a bit, then get a little bit more out of it. Um, for the likes of Adam, who I suppose spent a little bit of time on the, the injury table last year, like this is going to be a big year for him. Um, you can already see it with UL, like he's flying it. Yeah, 
and he saw it against Clare and he was put into the middle of the field where he had the space to, to show off his, his skill set. You know, he just he fitted in seamlessly. And that's that's the beauty of it. It doesn't matter who it is. Um, everyone in the group just steps up seamlessly and nothing ever changes. There's no change of tactics. There's no reverse eventing. It's literally full steam ahead no matter who's there. Yeah, and just off the field for a moment, you obviously had a very good um, podcast, the Players' Voice podcast. I'd definitely recommend anyone on Spotify and you spoke to off the ball as well that you dealt with an eating disorder when you were younger. And I suppose what I took from it was that the, the key was to, I suppose, speak out about it. And if you were to say it now, you know, you're overriding message from someone that's gone through it and is probably living with it. What, how would you, what would you say to someone that has experienced something similar? Yeah, I suppose, look, having an open dialogue with someone, whether it's a friend, um, a, a trained professional, you know, anyone that you feel that you you can, you, I suppose, you can trust or just talk to, um, to have an open dialogue and speak to someone about it. Because, look, I even, after the last couple of months and the exposure, that's after getting, you still find it a little bit hard to, to maybe articulate your feelings and speak to someone about it. You nearly still get a little bit embarrassed when someone says it, you know, or fair play to you for, for speaking about it. Um, but, look, if you just wanted to try and raise a bit of awareness around it and, that um, if it helped one person, that it was a massive success on my part. Um, it wasn't. It was the farthest thing from looking for attention. Anyway, I can tell you, um, because uh, I don't, I don't uh, do attention well. But um, yeah, look, if it helps someone, great. And just to speak out and just have to start that initial conversation with someone because stubbornness, Jack, was the big thing for me. Uh, I was too stubborn and probably too proud to to speak to someone about it. Um, just for fear of what they might th- might have thought of me at the time. So. Um, definitely just speak to someone because there's there's incredible services there. Oh, yeah, no, it was definitely brilliant here and just obviously that stigma is still there. But we're slowly breaking it down. But to see, you know, a high profile player like yourself to come out, I'm sure helped far more than that one. But again, if it only helped one, it's it's beneficial to everyone. Um before you go, just a, a few quick questions. Um just personal point of view. Um favorite venue with the club and county for you to play in? Club and county favorite venue. Um I Parky Cueve anyway. I, I just Parky Cueve is uh, outside of Crow Park. I think everyone loves to say Crow Park, but uh, Parky Cueve is an, uh, just an amazing facility, an amazing surface as well. And it kind of held that that old atmosphere that the old uh, Parky Cueve had, that bowl. Um, so I used to to love travelling down there. Um, from the club point of view, I think the work that's gone into the Gaelic grounds there in the last year has been incredible. Like the county final there last year, I've, I've never seen the surface as well. Um, so I'm actually excited to see how it's going to turn out this year for even the Intercounty Championship when it was given six or seven months to, to really be looked after and you know once the, the summertime kicks in and the sun starts to hit it again. Um, really looking forward to that. Uh, used to love going to Bruff as well, as well. Uh, Jack, we spent more time in Bruff than we did in Kamaluk, so. Yeah. Um, favourite player growing up? Um, a hybrid of Don Cusick and Brendan Cummins, if you could take a half each. And at club level, then was there any goalkeeper around you're looking up to, or even in Kilmallock? Ah, sure, I suppose. Look, usually my father played goals before I me, and I took the reins off him. So you would always kind of you you were trying to break away from under that shadow of you know does Tom Hennessy's son there, or will he be better than his father? And that's <laughs> that's always in the back of your head too that you want to to rubber stamp that that you are. So um, that's the end that I am. But um, yeah, you didn't have too far to look anyway. So uh, you you forged your own successful career anyway, that's and. It. Best player you played against that could be a goalie or an outfield player that you used to dread coming against? Oh, I used to dread playing against. Um, I don't know if he's much of a goalie now, but uh, David Dempsey. Um, 
David Dempsey's a wizard, an absolute wizard. I've seen him do things in training and just you think you've him copped um, and you think you've his his tail uh, got, but no, he's just, he's just amazing what he can do with hurling the ball. So. And best player played with then? Uh, it could be David again or... Uh, best player I played with? It's a hard question, Jack. There's a lot of good players there. Um, uh, I know it's a bit of a soft spot for Seamus Hickey, just his, you know, outside of travelling trends and the whole lot. Um, just his application, like, and just his dedication was just phenomenal. Like, if you, like himself and Nicky, like, if you looked at two fellas that you just, if anyone ever asked you, what's, what does a Limerick hurler look like? You'd, you'd say Seamus Hickey and Nicky Quaid, like, they're the two that just epitomise everything about, about what it is to be a Limerick hurler in terms of skills and on the field and off the field. And finally, your best memory, hurling memory, I suppose. Um, twenty eighteen be hard to top, no. But even look, twenty ten winning a, a county championship with club was was massive for us, you know. And then counties county side of it, twenty eighteen was just it was amazing. It was probably one of the, the best moments there, there ever was. So don't tell my Hopefully wife that. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll take experience of first Ireland from the stand later on this year. Jeez, but yeah. look, Barry, you've been very generous with her with your time a half an hour there. I, I told you fifteen minutes with um, <laughs> okay. for for staying on. And I think thank you, I suppose, to the Limerick public for a brilliant career first and foremost and the role you played in helping Limerick you know reach the heights they have and please God those will continue but I'll let you get back to work there um, and best of luck in the future and I'm sure we'll talk to you again once the, the club championship rolls around please God thanks very much Barry thanks Jack right. thanks Matt thank cheers oh Matt brilliant guest there wasn't it well Jack you know you you got just a little snapshot there of you know why Limerick have won four of the last five, five All-Irelands with guys like him on board very easy just, to see it. Yeah, just the way he speaks there and his his first hand experience. And I suppose the main thing is that there's he praised the people coming through as well. So long may I continue. I suppose the main thing French county players they always say is they oh, want to leave uh, the jersey. Fantastic, fantastic guy, you know, and that's 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 Barry, you know. Yeah, you want to leave the jersey in a better position, and people like Barry Hennessy have, have certainly done that. So huge thank you for him there to give him so much of his time. And again, definitely ran overboard, but that's that's pure. That's pure us, Matt. But briefly, I, I think we'll I think we'll be for, we'll be forgiven for it, Jack. Yeah, definitely. Oh no, it's, it's a fantastic listen there, and I will I will say again the his podcast, the the Players Voice podcast on Spotify and also we did with Off the Ball recently are very informative of other stuff off field topics as well as on field and a great insight. The more you can listen to our Hennessy, I think is the better is the key. I'd say there, but um, keeping on the team of Limerick hurling, Matt, and we obviously have. Galway this Sunday at half two in Pierce Stadium. Um, Limerick are 50-50 so far, a, a win and a loss. Um, last year in the Gaelic Grounds, Galway really gave it to Limerick. I think it was at 117 to 28 points or something. They really dominated. And Limerick showed la last week against, or two weeks ago against Clare that they're, you know, kind of in revenge form, put Clare completely to the sword. But Galway will probably be a step up, especially... In, in Salt Hill, but Barry spoke about that game in 2018, how much of a turning point that place can be in for Limerick. That's what you're hoping for this weekend. Yeah, that's what, that's what we'd be hoping for, Jack. But reflecting on last year, we, we had, we had to remember the controversial sending off in, 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 in that game. But uh, not notwithstanding that, that Jack, and um, we, we, we said it last week about in terms of preparation and in terms of readiness for the league, Limerick are much further down the road this year than they were 12 months ago. Now, yeah. we're facing a team that um, are in similar circumstances to ourselves in that mm. they had a very impressive win in the first round against 
<coughs> Wexford in Wexford Park now, a very difficult place to go, as we know, Wexford Park. But um, he, that, that was a game that doubled up with the Walsh Cup final. So Galway picked up silverware and, and like, you know, it all got well for the future, for their future in the league. That was until Cork came to town in the second round and, and turned them over. Now, I know they had, they had, um, they were probably more affected. Galway were probably more affected um, with the, with the Fitzgibbon Cup than most counties because well, they had so many players involved with the University of, of Galway and with ATU Galway. They, they, they had a whole raft of players. I think I think the ATU Galway team, I think both teams were exclusively Galway. I think the, the NYG captain, I think, is actually from Clare, but they definitely had 14 starters yeah. from Galway and ATU at 15, yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, so. You know, so um, they, they they were trying to, no, the other counties, Cork were trying to juggle it as well because they had so many players with UCC, but, uh, and... Um, yeah, look, in the context of the league, Jack, it's, it's it's a game that Limerick have to win if they're to harbour hopes of reaching the, 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 the semi-final. Because I, I know we have games against Westmeath, which you would be expecting to win in, in Mullingar, and then we have Wexford at home in, in, in the last round. So, were Limerick to win... I think they would be in a very, very good place to reach the, to reach the league semi-final. But were they to lose, I think it would probably make it that little bit more difficult for them to make it through. Now, how much Limerick want to win the league? That's, that's the, the that is the that that's is the, the sixty-four dollar question. I I I I think what um, John Kiley will be looking for, he he'll be looking to use the league um, to give players an uh, important game time. Uh, maybe to juggle his forces around. We have seen uh, a chance of, in one round, we have seen Barry Murphy lining out at midfield, that sort of thing, moving move, moving players around. Um, and um, it's going to be an interesting game in, in, in Salt Hill. And um, yeah, I, look, if, if Limerick repeat the performance of the first half against Cork and the, the, the performance of the game against Clare, like... Um, you, you you could say in the game against Clare there were landslide six point winners. Oh yeah, um, I I think they should be capable of winning in Salt Hill, but um, obviously Henry Shefflin will have will have different ideas. And again, like Limerick, it will depend to what extent um, do Galway want to win the league uh, or do they want to use the league um, to to rebuild their forces. Yeah, it's interesting there you mentioned about winning the league and two teams want to and it's so close to one championship. But the way we've seen this Limerick team this year, there's been a lot of new faces, completely new faces now, not just fringe players. There's also been a lot of fringe players, but it's probably important for those that have been on the fringes and those players that are new to the squad to be able to go to Galway and to be able to win in Salt Hill because we saw what it did for the likes of Keane Lynch and Tom Morrissey and Groot Hegarty, these boys in 2018 that we are seeing some bit of a turnover in the, the Limerick team. And we know the likes of those boys, Kyle Hayes, Nicky Quaid, Sean Finn, they have no fear of going anywhere else. But a test like Sunday is a chance for your Adam English, your Donica Dalig, your Shane O'Brien's to be able to say, yeah, we went to Salt Hill and we won as well. You know, that when it comes to the cut and trust of championship, that they know how to get the job done in a difficult environment. Yeah, I think that's a very good point, Jack. Um, it, 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 it's going to be a, it's going to be a far more difficult game than Clare, and um, yeah. 
it 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 will be very very it will be very very important to see how these guys that you mentioned, um, the Mihal Hulahans of this world, um, react in that type of environment, uh, away from home, probably a hostile crowd, and and um, a, a, a much stronger team at this time of the year anyway. It it it, it certainly will be a greater test. It it will be very very interesting to see. Uh, what lineup John Kylie will come with? Um, we probably know that David Reed is out, but we haven't. Um, now we know that Dermot Burns is away. We know that um, uh, Declan Hannan is nursing an injury, and we we don't know if if the Galway game will come too soon for him. But we we've yet to see players like Barry Nash and Willem O'Donoghue this year, and yeah. um, it, it'll be interesting to see if they, if they will make their 2023 debut in in Salt Hill. Yeah. I'm- I'd say we'll probably get the team Thursday or Friday night, um, but it will be interesting to see. And it, it's no harm integrating these lads in slowly because uh, come come April and May, we'll definitely be li- relying on the likes of Barry Nash and William O'Donoghue. But it's a it's an interesting game to look forward to. Galway is always a difficult test, especially when when they're well, at home. Jack, if- Jack, in, in in recent years, Galway is a benchmark of where you're at. Yeah, and I think it's they have been they have been they have been one of the they have been one of the top sides um since they won the All Ireland in 2017, Jack. I I have no doubt were it not for the emergence of this powerful Limerick team that Galway would possibly have won a couple of more All Irelands. I, 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 I think you... they're, 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 they are the nearest to, to, to Limerick, and I still think they are the nearest. When you look at the results between the sides over the last five or six years, there's never been too much in it, even in two All-Ireland semi-finals as well, yeah. in, inside in that, you know. So Galway probably match up best to Limerick. So it will be a good benchmark and brilliant to get that benchmark probably seven or eight weeks before championship that you can learn from it and then go back onto the training field. But we will move on from the hurling because we did have a lot of hurling in the first half hour. Um, to the footballers, Matt, and obviously... Uh, Ray Dempsey and his side were out last weekend against Louth in RD. Now, neither of us were there, so you're relying on reports and scores and all that. But it, it seems like it was an opportunity missed. Um, seemed to be a good first half for Limerick. They were leading towards the, the halftime whistle. Um, Loud came back to level it, but got six unanswered at the start of the second half. And that seemed to just turn the tide completely. Limerick give a, a seasonal debut to Brian Dunham, which is great to see. And he hit the net. And you'd be thinking if, if he was there from the start, would have been a different result. But it is 115 to 113. Limerick are still rooted to the bottom of the division. They're the only team without points so far. And before we get into Cork, who they have this Sunday, a, a chance missed, I think, is the best way to describe a it. Ch- a chance missed against a team that has become, in, in the last, well, particularly last year and again this year now, becoming a bit of a bogey team under Mickey Haft. I think we have to go back. We were talking with Pat Hanrahan, oh, sorry, with Pat Hanrahan last week. And, and um, he, you know, I think he was in the last team that beat Lout, which, which was back in 2015, yeah. which is a long, long way back. And, you know, there's no doubt about it, Jack, as, as as when we were doing the permutations here next week. And, like, after the defeats to, to, to Derry and Dublin, the permutations, we, we, we have to do our permutations for survival. And yeah. um, certainly you, 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 you would have seen the games uh, between Clare and Louth in particular as being absolutely crucial. Now, I know that Limerick have 
back-to-back home games coming up against Meath and um, against yeah. uh, against Kildare, who um, certainly, I, I suppose, apart from their win over Cork in the first round, um, Meath haven't been rooting up any trees. Um, uh, like they, they, they struggled to, to beat Clare and Navin, and they got well, well turned over. Um, I saw most of it, Jack, by... by um, by Derry last week in Owen Bay. So, um, but look, Limerick are in a difficult situation, Jack, and they, 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 there's no point in saying otherwise. Um, going to Cork on Sunday, um, and it's part of a double header, by the way. It's going to be the game is at three forty-five. It's going to be preceded by the Cork West Meath um, um, Alliance Hurling League at at one forty-five, but. Um, Going to Cork, it's a must, must win. A very, very, very difficult task, Jack, because um, I, I made the point to you, I think, at the outset um, that, that I, I, I thought that Cork would be the biggest threat to Derry and Dublin. And um, I, I think were it not for that, um, that shock defeat uh, to, 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 um, to, um, to Meath in the first Meath. round when the Cork defence opened up like the Red Sea a couple of times, um, it, 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 um, uh, they, they, they would be in a very, very strong position. And we saw how how close they really pushed Dublin last weekend. Um, I, I I had a fancy for Cork as being outsiders for the top two right, right from the start. And my mind hasn't changed um, because, you know... Following the defeat to meet, they went to Kildare, had a huge win, difficult place to go, Newbridge. Um, I think Limerick are really, really up against it. Now, the real positives for Limerick, the, the two major positives, I suppose, in terms of personnel that came out of the game against Lout was that Hugh Burke started, which was which was great to see him in from the start. And, and, and as you flagged there, where to go, Brian Donovan. Um, made a telling and an impact on, on, on his reintroduction as a sub with, 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 with that goal. So the, the probability is that Ray Dempsey will, will, will have those two lads um, from the start, which, which will be very, very, very important. Um, Cahal Downs as well started after Cahal Downs Dublin was got a point as well. And, yeah. and, and by all accounts did very, very well in Louth. Huge very, presence very, very well. in the forward so, line. <laughs> but it, it, anyone that saw Cork at the weekend, Matt, as you lose, so couldn't but be impressed by him. Um, definitely deserved something from the game. Maybe not win, but they des- definitely deserved a draw Check, against Dublin. I, I, I who think had they a did everything but win the football match, to be honest. And Dublin had the majority of their, well, not the majority, they had an awful lot of All Ireland winners, as they did against Limerick. But if you're comparing how the teams got on against Dublin, which is the only similarity so far that they've played against, you know, it is going to be a very, very tough, tough ask for Limerick. Um, probably you're looking, obviously you're looking for results, but if you get a performance that you can take back to the Gaelic grounds in successive weeks against Kildare and Mead with teams that you, you know, maybe not fence yourself against, but will be confident of being able to pick up something, that's probably what you're looking for this weekend. Obviously, two points on the board would be the ideal, but performance i think first and foremost and more learnings as as red mc keeps alluding to like the only thing jack about um about cork in park and cleave um over the last three or four years cork's record cork footballers record at home is paltry 
And I, 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 I think the result of Meath, against Meath in the first round might be feeding into that. It's absolutely paltry. There, there, there was one season um, that four games at home and they only won against Louth, um, who were relegated. So they have a poor... And Clare have gone to Parky Creeve and won. Tipperary have gone down the championship and won. Um, you know, um, they, 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 you, we might be clutching with straws when, when, when we think that Cork have, have a poor home record. But... Jack, there's no taking away. I thought their performance in in the McGrath Cup, you yeah. know, I, I I even though it was only the preseason, but I, I I thought it was a sign of things to come. As I say, um, the 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 only little setback that Cork have received was was that performance against Meath, and and um, like the performance last Sunday, you know, was was first class. Um, but look, we we've got to focus on Limerick, and and mm. um, um, but th- th- there's no harm in pointing out um, the level of challenge that they are going to meet on meet meet on um, on Sunday. I think they will do very well to leave Lee side with anything, Jack. Yeah, it'll be very difficult, and I think on the McGrath Cup you mentioned um, Limerick have definitely improved from that game, but so have Cork, and Cork were pretty dominant in that evening, so. It is it is a very tough ask, but Limerick, this group of players have showed in the past that when needs must at the most times, you know that they've they've come up and as we mentioned all the time, they've gone to Markovic Park, they've gone to Akram, they've gone to Port Leash and come away with a win. So we we'll are hoping that they that they can somehow continue that trend on Sunday they, afternoon. They, 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 they went to Belfast last year and dug out an unlikely win. Yeah, so they're going to need it, but you know this this group of players are are definitely capable of doing just that. Um, moving into the ladies' it's football, definitely match. Jack getting back to it. It it, it 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 would it would so much enhance their survival chances were they to overturn Cork. Yeah, but I think the way Cork have gone, their Cork probably aren't looking down anymore towards relegation. They're probably out of the running, well, they have Derry, I suppose. They could, they have Derry, yeah, but they're probably a bit out of the reckoning for, for going up. But they'll probably be looking to consolidate their place as the believe, third believe it, believe it or not, Jack, they're still in with a chance of reaching the, of reaching the the final. And 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 and, and I'll tell you, if they win their games, all their games, and um, Dublin beat Derry, um, they will get they'll they'll get the league final spot on the head to head with Derry. Yeah, so it will be interesting. But for Limerick, hopefully that they can uh, pull off what would be uh, it would be a shock to some degree. But this Limerick team, as we said, have shown in recent years they're they're well capable of doing something like that. For the ladies' side, Matt, um, a thrilling game to say the least in the Ball Garden um, last Sunday. It looked for all the world that Limerick were dead and buried at halftime. And then they somehow miraculously got ahead late on, but Leitrim kicked the final two scores. And over the course of the the sixty minutes, I think a draw is is a fair reflection on on the game that we witnessed. Um, four nine to one eighteen, it finished in the Ball Garden. Three second half goals. Obviously, Iris Canelli came on and kicked two two, and nearly turned the game by herself. But so many brilliant performances from the ladies' side. It doesn't quite get the league semi final place, Matt. But almost nearly guarantees it. But 
first and foremost, performance against Leitrim, who we said had been a farm team. Now, standard of opposition wasn't great, but they have some brilliant players like Michelle Guckian and, and Laura Fox and, and these kind of players. For Limerick, a, a really young Limerick team to put it up to them and, and to come back from the dead and, and nearly pull out a win, but get a draw. It certainly bodes well for the remainder of the league, but obviously looking at the championship as well. Yeah, and um, Graham Shine has shuffled the pack again, and um, he did did so successfully. But um, um, Iris Kennelly um, missed the trip to Wicklow; she was not available. And um, um, I I I rate Iris Kennelly very very highly, as you probably have this in this podcast down through the years, Jack. Um, I, I I think she's a wonderful player, and um, you, you know her her impact was incredible. Like when when you come on in the fiftieth minute, and by the fifty sixth minute you have scored two two. That's the facts. You know that is Rye of the Rover stuff, Jack. It yeah. is. You know, because in fairness, Limerick had brought back, they had brought back Leitrim to manageable, you know, to a manageable lead uh, or a manageable deficit, whichever way you look at it. But they needed that little bit of extra killer instinct. And when Iris Kennelly, when Iris came on, by God, did she provide it. And yeah. um, like um, Andrea Sullivan also came on. Um, at half time, and Andrea got a goal not too long after coming on, and yep. it looked as if the, as if the as if the Limerick revival was 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 taking root. But um, Michelle Gokin's goal halfway through the half seemed to put the kibosh on that, and it, 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 at that stage you were beginning to wonder what Limerick out of it. You know, was 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 the task too great? Because I think it restored the seven or an eight point lead at that stage. Which, with a quarter of an hour to go, Jack was very, very formidable, because you must remember that Leitrim were only nine were nine points ahead at half time, and when Michelle Cookian got the goal, here they were halfway through the second half, and Limerick the only imprint Limerick had made on the lead was two points. So, like yeah. it, 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 it looked as if it was Leitrim's game to lose, but by God, did Limerick dig in, and. Yeah, Iris Kennedy, you know, Iris got uh, applied the finish, but you would have to say from Sophia Hennessy right up to number 15, every last one of them, they gave it everything. And, and um, like, what odds, Jack, with 15 minutes to go would you have got that with three minutes of regulation time left, Limerick would be two points ahead? No, they'd be no. given... It was a phenomenal performance. And I, I don't like singling out individuals, Jack, but um, you, 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 uh, the arrival on, in the squad of, of, of Karen O'Leary and Debbie Murphy, I thought they were absolutely phenomenal on, 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 on um, last Sunday. But I, this, having, having Deborah wing back is, is a luxury to have because she so often goes forward but doesn't neglect her defensive duties but we've seen it in the we've seen it in the in the club championship for Monagate just the, the role they've played in recent years in winning back-to-back titles and that they've integrated into into the inter-county setup and having Iris back as well is a huge positive and there's no real negatives from from the, the campaign thus far for Graham Shine's side they, yeah but Jack very interestingly had Limerick lost now they were in danger of going out 
even if yeah. they beat even if they beat Derry, because both Leitrim and um, Wicklow have beat Kilkenny by a substantially greater margin than Limerick did. No, like uh, for especially... instance, last Sunday, um, Wicklow beat um, Wicklow beat um, Kilkenny 10, 10, 20 to two points. I think was it. Yeah, it was something like that. Anyway, it was an awful drop. Yeah, I think it was 10, 20 to two points. But that raises questions about, you know, um, is it too big a jump for Kilkenny? But I suppose they've got to start somewhere. Um, but, yeah. um, you know, the if Limerick hadn't got the point, irrespective of of even if they won in Derry, they, they could have been edged out of the semifinals and scoring difference. Yeah, but... But if, 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 if Limerick win in Derry now, Jack... They cannot be because um, Wicklow and Leitrim are meeting in the final round, and something has to give. And it, it may be Leitrim that would, would would miss out were they to lose to to Wicklow. Wicklow, I think a draw will do Limerick as well. They're level on points with Leitrim, and they're a point ahead of Wicklow as it stands. So I think a draw will do in the final round. But mm. they'll be looking to to get a win um, ahead of oh, what hopefully There's no such thing as playing for a draw. And you you must remember that games are coming thick and fast now. There, there's a break this coming weekend. Uh, Limerick are not involved, but they're involved the following week in that trip to Derry. And as far as I know, Jack, the semi-finals are the week after. Yeah, I think that's how how it laid out. Because but it's, you... It's, it's, it, you 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 must remember it, it, it's the only it's the only division of the ladies' football where there are semi-finals. Semi-finals, yeah. So, um, but they, look, more in, games in, in the other divisions. They're straight finals. More games for this side is exactly what Graham Shine will want, and we'll take the Absolutely. break this weekend. With, with a new we'll squad, be... it's you know can't get enough of games. Yeah, and we'll be back. We'll be back definitely next week to look forward to that game with Derry. But, um, but again, it has it has to be said that Graham is doing a fantastic job in the way he's shuffling his pack and then using oh, his forces and. And uh, trying to find what he what he believes to you know will be let's say his championship team. Yeah, no, there's definitely been chances given out to, to plenty and, and more are taking it. But I interrupted you there in the middle of that with an interview that we did yesterday. But um John the Baptist Community School, their senior ladies side are in the Munster senior ladies football final next Wednesday, the first of March at half ten half eleven in Sean Tracy Park in Tip. And we caught up with Quiva McNamara, which is the team's captain, and Brian Egan yesterday to look ahead to that game. So we'll play that for you now. Now, uh, we have a special guest today, Matt. Two special guests, Quiva McNamara and Brian Egan, ahead of uh, John the Baptist Community School's Senior Girls Munster Final against Loretto Clanmel next Wednesday, the 1st of March at half 11 in Sean Trice Park, Tipperary Town. Quiva, as captain, heading into you know a big game like this, how are you feeling? Um, well, there's always going to be a few nerves, I suppose, but um, we're looking forward to it and um, it's a great opportunity for us. Um, I know the last two years we got to semi-finals, so this year now um, we're after getting to the Munster Finals, so yeah, I can't wait to read it. After getting so close the last couple of years, there must be a real buzz around the school. Yeah, I know there is and there's huge support and all the teachers are all wishing us best luck and yeah, I know it's great that we're, we got there this year anyway. And I suppose in, in John the Baptist, there is a huge tradition of, of ladies football, obviously, and 
2017, there were so many trophies won and we'll get to that on the line. But, you know, is there is there pressure to succeed there or is it more of a privilege to go into a school like that? Um, I suppose probably both. Like, there's pressure. There's always going to be pressure. Um, but, like, that was, I'd say, when I was in first year, I'd say that was when they won the All-Irelands that year. So this is kind of the first time since then that we're back. So it's, there's always going to be a pressure. But, um, yeah, no, it's a privilege to um, represent the school as well. And Brian, aren't you as coach to decide the same question really, you know, because you have achieved so much in recent years. What's it like training a squad in a school like that? Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, I must say like when Shana Stollery and Michelle Buckley were over a few years ago and when they stepped down and soon as an opportunity to get to get involved with the girls, I kind of jumped at it because I knew how good they were. I knew there was serious potential with them and um, I just knew it, I knew it was another monster final. I knew it was the potential of winning another monster final in it. So yeah, I kind of got involved with them and uh, really looking forward to the final coming up. Like this group of girls is they're just fantastic. They're an excellent bunch. Um they're so clued in, um, athletic, good footballers, and you couldn't but love being involved with them and looking forward to a final like this ahead of us. Yeah, we kind of spoke off air about your path to the final, but you had said, you know, getting to Munster was the aim. Now that you're there, how, how does that shift to actually going to win in the competition? At the start of the year, we set a very, very, what I thought was a very realistic aim of getting to a Munster final. And that was our goal from the start. And once we get to a Munster final, you can do nothing but go out to win it. You're not going to go out and lose it. like. So that's our aim. Um, look, we don't know a whole lot about Clonmel. We know they're a good team. We know how good Middleton were, and we know they beat them. So, yeah, we're, we're, we know we're capable of winning it, but we know what's ahead of us. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You mentioned that Middleton game, and obviously a first-round defeat, but he, he bounced back to come out of the group and then won your respective quarters and semi-finals. That he's, You look like a team that's, that's building and probably peaking towards the final. Yeah, our first game, we didn't have our 15 best players and tugged out even. Um, we didn't have the best 15 on the field. And then we were actually very lucky with the game, way the game fell. fell. We played well in Colleague and had a good win against those and Klaus and Schellig and a good win against those. And then we went up another level in the quarterfinal. Thurlis were, were very good. I think we had a few points to spare in the end, but it, it, it the game didn't reflect the scoreline. And, and same with Cashel. Cashel were all... Totally on top of us at halftime when we played them, but all of a sudden the girls decided they were going playing football and they were they put in a savage second half and put us into a final. And I suppose the beauty of schools is that there's always something going on in, in the school. And you obviously had midterm last week, and there's the exams for you know the the leaving certs and even some of the junior certs. There's TYs and everything. Like, what's it like preparing for a, a final with so many distractions? Crazy, like. You'd imagine that in a school where you have all your players there every day in, in an ideal world that it should be simple, but it's not. You, we'd mocks before we'd mocks before the midterm. We had um musical this week. We have people getting drawn from pillar to post. The, the minors are going at the moment. We've seven on the Limerick minors at the moment. There's an awful lot to balance. And I suppose the biggest thing is not putting too much pressure on them. Um, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make this something that they want to do rather than something they have to do. And um, that's our goal, that we're trying to keep them happy and balance everything. And it's not an easy job, I can tell you. 
Yeah, Quiba, what's it like for you actually being in school and having to go to classes from nine to three and then training? Is it is it a nice distraction to have? Yeah, no, I think it's a great distraction to be honest because you can't be um, stuck in the books the whole time. Um, no, like um, you just, it's a great um, release and it's just a break and yeah. Matt, I'll throw it over to you for a minute. Yeah, Brian, um, obviously you have a bit of history with Clonmel. Um, if I think back to 2018 and 2019, there, there's a few scores to settle there. To be honest, that doesn't even come into our, our context. Like that, by right, there has been Clamell down through the years. There was an awful lot going on. But these guards didn't come up against that. Like they're, they're very, very focused on what they have to achieve, what they have to do to win, rather than worrying about what's going on, what happened four or five years ago. That's no relevance to them when they walk on the pitch. So, like, yeah, so the girls are, are very focused to, to their task rather than what happened four, year, four or five years ago, I'd say. Quiva, um, Brian mentioned there a while ago about the seven Limerick players in the in the um, John the Baptist squad. You're one of those seven. Um, a bit of a bit of a job juggling between commitments to college and uh, to the school and to the intercounty team at this stage, especially seeing that the that, that the um, Munster Minor Championship is now full round robin and it's it's very condensed week after week. Yeah, there's a lot of matches coming up and I know it probably won't be um, easy, but um, we just try and balance it and um, the trainings are kind of, we try and spread them out as much as we can and make sure we get enough time for rest and recovery and just trying to make sure that we don't do too much, but then it's kind of, it is hard, but I think we're, it's not going too bad anyway. We'll, we'll give a special mention Jack there. Jack referenced it there early on at the outset of the conversation, Quiva. Um, traveling down through the hallowed walls of the hallowed corridors of, of, of John the Baptist School and seeing all those photographs of successful teams, particularly the squad of 2017 and what they achieved. You know, it was, that was a historic achievement that it was the first Limerick team to win a school's A All-Ireland since, since CBS, Limerick CBS had won the, the Cup in 1966. So it was a huge achievement. Does it pile a bit of pressure on? Or is it a motivating factor when you see these and look at them every day and you up and down changing this um, to drive on and, and emulate what they have done? Um, I'd say it is, yeah. I think um, that whole team, like they're all role models for us and like we just want to achieve what they've achieved um, in the past. But we don't really think about it too much. Like we're focused on our own game and we just, yeah, we're focused on ourselves mostly. And Brian, I think you're you're happening with something there before we finish up. I just wanted to say that Quiva uh, was talking about the minors. Look, we're very lucky that the minor management has been very good to us. And I was just going to give my mention there. Um, they have balanced. They've been very good to balance the the two together, and they definitely have helped us in a bit. Anyway, yeah, I suppose it. it's all for the benefit of football around the area. And lastly, for me, Quiva, I suppose. The team is mainly made of players around the area, like St. Bridget, St. Elvis, Palace Green, you're on Nakani and them. What's it like playing with girls that you know you're against when it's the club championship, but when you're when you're wearing the colours of John the Baptist that you're the one team? You know, it's great to get to play together um, instead of always being um, in, in opposition. Um, and like you make great friends, like you'd be 
one week you'll be playing against each other and then you'll be off to train and then the next day um, together and just there's a great bond with all the girls and we all get on so well so I think it's great. Well please God you can come away with, with the Munster title that's the the 1st of March at half 11 on, in Sean Tracy Park, Tipperary Town. John the Baptist against Loretta Clonmel in the Senior Girls Munster Final. The best wishes to you, Quiva, and your team and, and Brian and all the, the coaching involved. The whole Limerick is behind you. So that was Brian Egan and Quiva McNamara from, from John the Baptist School ahead of their uh, Munster Schools Lady Senior Final next Wednesday. Matt, we'll, we'll look at that next, next Wednesday. Um, it was good to hear from the two lads there. But we are over the hour, Mark. Already, so like before, um, obviously there, 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 there's a huge game on Saturday, um, uh, which is the All Ireland Junior B competition hurling competition final between Brough and Sarsfield from Galway. Oh yeah, no, we'll we'll yeah. get to all those. I'm just saying before we won't get into that um that ladies football game yet. I have that pencil down here. Don't worry. But I'm just going to to move from the ladies football into the camogie. And obviously, it was it was disappointment for Limerick at the weekend against Wexford in Wexford Park. Three point defeat, thirteen to ten. It was low scoring. Limerick were without a few key players. Obviously, Adair's All Ireland finalist, um, Sophie Callahan, uh, and Quiva Costello. But perform, you know, performance was there to an extent. Obviously, looked to, like to get away with the, with the victory. But you'd be hoping that if you could only concede thirteen points in most games. That you'd win them it's at the other end where they struggled and without players like that you are going to struggle yeah i i i suppose the defining period in the game jack was um, either side of half time because coming up to half time with about five minutes to go to half time the, the 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 sides were deadlocked at seven points apiece and um wexford got two points just before half time and they got the first three points of the second half which, which gave Limerick a bit of a mountain to climb now. It was in a tight game like that, um, 12 points is is is, um, is is a big lead, let's face it. And um, But they, they kept at it, but they, they just couldn't get... Now, they held, they held Wexford in the last 20 minutes, Jack, to a single point, which which augurs very, very well for, for, for the, for the defence. And... Um, but at the other end, they just couldn't get those few extra scores that would would probably have helped them to get something out of it. You 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 just wonder had they get, had Limerick had home advantage, uh, perhaps they they may have turned it around, you know, or they they may have got 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 a result out of it. Now Quiver Costello, of course, was a huge loss, so her free taking duties fell to um, uh, Anya Reynolds and goalkeeper Claire Keating. Who, who landed a couple of long-range frees. And you're right, they were also without Sophia Callahan and and um, LB Lacken was another one that was missing. And, of course, Rebecca De Lee is going to be out for the league. Um, but overall, I think that John John Lewis has quite a few positives to take out of it. Like, he... he, he um, I think he gave as many as five debuts. Um Two and a half back line, Tifa Nelligan and Emily O'Halloran of 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 um of um both of Mona Lean. And um to the Lizanna Boylan um got got a start up up in the forwards and we with a couple that came off the bench, then Claire O'Reardon came off the bench, Ellie Madigan came off the bench for their debuts. Um 
So overall, I'd say there was a lot of positivity to be taken out of it, Jack. But um, lo and behold, we were informed by uh, about the structure of the league last Friday. You were probably told about it as well. So it's one up and one down between the divisions. So there's only one place up for grabs. So um, um, in, in, in the context of the league, it's going to make it very, very difficult for Limerick to win promotion. Yeah. Um, but having looked at the results in 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 the in in the in the um, we'd say Division One A, where where you know all counties should aspire to, we 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 don't usual results there in that that um um Tipperary emphatically turned over um league champions Galway, but Galway were without a whole raft of players for different reasons, and I suppose the the eye opening um. Result of the weekend was 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 um, Clare's win over uh, All Ireland champions Kilkenny. Yeah. Um, but um, in 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 the other game, it was business as usual. Um, Cork literally ruthlessly dismissed um, a youthful Dublin side um, in 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 um, MTU. But um, it, it's going to be tough. And like. They're back in action this Saturday. This this Saturday, yeah. when they play Antrim in McNeville Park at at one o'clock, and Limerick Juniors are also out this week. David Didi now has taken over as manager of uh, well-known referee David um, has taken over as manager of the Limerick Junior Ladies Football Camogie uh, team, and they're also playing Antrim in Capamore at twelve thirty. You know, I I would have thought. In normal circumstances, that such a such a situation would have lent itself to a double header, but I suppose yeah. with with pitches and everything at this time of the year, um, I I I I um, I, I can see where they're coming from. But I, we only learned late last night, Jack, and it's no fault of Limerick, and I no. mean late last night. I know the, the times that the game were, were the games were on. You know what what exactly is going on with the Camogie Association? I don't know. Because I I got a full list of fixtures, times, venues, and everything at half nine Monday morning from the Ladies Football Association. Yeah, I know you'll be banging your head against the wall trying to figure out what's going on there. But it's, look, it's a it's a recurring team every week, and as you said, it's it's nothing to do with Limerick, but it needs to be it needs to be sorted. But we won't we won't dwell on that, Matt, as we are running no, all the Jack, time. because we we we'd be only nine ourselves now. Yeah, you wouldn't. You're not going to get a solution anyway. But no. you had mentioned um a, a, another game on Saturday that All Ireland Junior B final in uh, in Kalidi between Bruff and Sarsfields of Galway. Obviously, we were speaking to Bruff there two weeks ago before their semi final. They got over the challenge of Saint Martin's Sarsfield beat Tarlesar. So it is a meeting of. The provincial champions, um, Sarsfield, the Crown champions, Bruff, um, beat Turles Sars to win a bunch of championships. So the cream of the cream has risen to the top. Um, Bruff will be hoping to make history and and bring back the title to Limerick. But it'll be a difficult, difficult game against Sarsfields, who have shown their worth throughout the competition, as have Bruff. Ah, yeah, but we 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 had Roger on two weeks ago, Roger Mulqueen, their manager, and if he's a microcosm of of, of the enthusiasm and passion that's in Bruff, and he is a fair microcosm of it because I've seen all that three games, and <coughs> Jack, these these um these teams have arrived in the final, 
um, from con in, in contrasting circumstances is the best way I can put it. Um, Sarsfields from Galway were not really tested in the competition uh, um, to date. Um, so, but, but by God, have Bruff and our Bruff battle hardened. Now, I saw that opening game against against um, against um, Six Mile Bridge, and I, I would be critical on that day of Bruff, but it was their first day out. Like they shot 13 wides to Six Mile Bridge's four, and they had Six Mile Bridge on the rack um, for most of, if not all, of the second half and failed to put them away. But I saw him against Tullis Sarsfield. There was such a measurable improvement. And the way they dug that out, Jack, um, uh, Tullis Sarsfield is like, you know, the, the, the game wasn't five minutes old when, when Tullis Sarsfield were three points to no score up. You know, and and yeah. when, you, when, you, when, you, when you look at it and when you look at Cole's statistics for the remaining 55 or plus injury time or whatever, he only scored one three. And one, and the goal was a fortuitous goal from Reds or O'Grady. That will give you an extent to the how Bruff really, really dug in, and and dug it out. And um, then in the semi-final, and when we ha we we have Roger, Roger McQueen post-match in his post-match interview after the semi-final win over um, over um, Saint Martins, and he he repeated the mantra again during the week in an interview with myself. Um, he, 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 we thought we had it won and we thought we had it lost. But there were two <laughs> points down going into injury time and David Brown stepped up to the plate. And what, what, what a story David Brown is in the context of this competition. And he hit two marvellous points. They looked to have it won then in extra time. And right at the death, um, St. Martin's got a goal. And it looked like, here we go. We were wondering which, at which goal the penalties would be taken. Yeah. And again, David Brown stepped up to a difficult free, Jack. They're very difficult free for a young man in the circumstances. He planted yeah. it over the black spot, and that's why we are where we are next Saturday. And and the, the point I'm making is that in, in, in terms of, of, of challenges, um, uh, Brough have really, really got the challenges. They're battle-hardened. And I'm convinced... Now, Sarsfields are firm favourites. They have three or four players, Jack, that, that, that won county senior medals with, with Sarsfields in 2015. They have this fellow, Carol Wade. Um, and outstanding, he's their go-to man. He's, he's, their, he's their scorer and chief. He has won three All-Irelands. He's, he's won a minor All-Ireland in 2004. He's won a, an All-Ireland under 21 in, in, in 2005 and 2007. Starting in all three finals and playing all three finals, yeah, they, they, you know, and that 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 um, gives them, you know, the right to be favourites. But yeah. I'm convinced, Jack, if going down the home straight with 15 minutes to go, and Bruford there or thereabouts, I I put my shirt on and and the boys from the south. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be backing against Bruford from what they've shown us so far this year, but. Two o'clock in Kalidi this Saturday. The very best of luck to, to Bruff in their All-Ireland Junior B final um, against Harsfields. And well done to Kalidi again for hosting it. But we'll be talking about that game um, and hopefully talking about a Bruff All-Ireland win next week. Um, since we last spoke as well, Matt, we had the Sigerson and Fitzgibbon Cup finals. Um, 
somewhat of a a split between us. UCC getting the win in the Sigerson and the college, or yeah, sorry, the college getting the win in the Sigerson and UL retaining their uh, Fitzgibbon Cup title. Wednesday's game, um, you had said that UCC hadn't really performed, but when they needed to, they did, and it, it could have went either way. It went extra time, but I think over the course of the hour, UCC deserving. Yeah, I think they are. You know my allegiance, John, but but um, you know I I was so sorry that 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 it it, it had to be at the expense of UL and um, you know, but um, I I had seen uh, that three previous games, Jack and. Um, um, I, I would have to say that I didn't see a Sigerson Cup in them. Yeah. And um and I, I, I probably said that and and um I I but I, I they, 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 they held um and got the best performance of the campaign in in in, in the um in the final. It, it was without question their best performance. And of course they were slightly motivated, Jack, by the fact that the sides had met. In the opening round in the Mardike. Yep. and um, um, you see, you see, see at the time were protesting that, you know, that they were very, very unlucky to lose that particular game. So I suppose, um, it, it, it was obvious from the start that it, it was going to be a close final. Even though I, I would have given my vote to, to UL to win it. I would have thought that, um, they had shown such improvement. They had an impressive campaign, and I suppose none more so than when they went up to Galway and, and beat you, um, University of Galway, who they had beaten in the final last year. Or sorry, who they had lost in the final last year. And um, you know that to me, I I, I thought that was a Sigerson Cup winning performance. And yeah. in 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 the respective semi-finals, Jack, uh, they 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 were far more impressive than UCC. Um, uh, you know, they, they, they had a very, very good win over D, D, DCU. Um, I thought UCC, having been in a, you know, I thought in nearly an invincible position at one stage, leading by seven points, struggled to hold out TU Dublin. So um, the, the pointers were towards UL, you'd have to say, but um, UCC, I, 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 I think, kept their best performance of, of, of the campaign and, 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 um, took the Sigerson for the 24th time. Deserving winners, in fairness, but very disappointing, I suppose, for the Limerick cont- contingent, especially the Declan Bruder and, and Stephen Levin and them, and obviously John Hayes and Ron Miguel get part of the squad. But <coughs> more positive news for Limerick on Saturday, UL retained their title with a, a pretty comprehensive win over um, the University of Galway in Waterford. Mikey Kiley got four goals. Um, inside 35 minutes, 33 minutes, I'd say 419 to 113. We had Adam English and Colin Coughlin both started, both played their parts. Colin Neal has been a key figure in the team so far, but he, he was ruled out with injury. But no real surprises, Matt. Probably a surprise with the, the manner of the victory that it was so comprehensive. But for you, well, to be, to be the last team standing, if you had asked us two months ago. I think we would have been leaning that way. So no real surprises there. I don't think there's any surprise. The only surprise element, Jack, as you rightly say, is the margin. And uh, um, look, I, I don't think anybody could argue with, with either the result or could argue with the margin. But Jack, I, uh, you know, watching the game, I was scratching my head and scratching every part of me and saying to myself, what is the 
relationship between my, my, Mikey, Kylie, and, and the Fitzgibbon Cup. It's a very, very special one because, mm. you know, four goals last Saturday. But this is the guy that came up right at the death, the very, very last puck of the game in last year's final and got the goal that won it. So yeah. I, 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 I think you can trial the history books and, and try and find a player that has scored five goals in, 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 two, you, um, in two Fitzgibbon Cup finals. Yeah, I, he also I, got a hat-trick I, I, in this I think you'll quarter. do some trialling before you'll find it. Yeah, and I'm not going to go searching for a Jack, but um, it, 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 it's a phenomenal performance by the Abbey side man, you know? And yeah. um, I, 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 obviously, David, David Fitz will be... will be Now, he's, he's on the Waterford panel, but yeah, um, David Fitz will be hoping that that type of forum, that goal-scoring... Uh, threat that he he's he posed in the Fitzgibbon Cup that he'll be able to translate it onto the Wadwood panel. But overall, it was a great performance, Jack. Um, uh, again, I suppose like UCC in the Sigerson Cup final, um, UL, you know, they had good performances during the year, but look, they really kept their best performance for the final, I think. Um, uh, the issue was never in doubt. Those two early goals that he had got, he two goals got by the 13th minute, and I think he got the other one before half time. And another one four minutes into the second half. I think that was the sequence. Um, yeah, Dean Mason saved a penalty one of the first pucks of the game. And I think from yeah. the other end, they went down and scored the goal and yeah. never looked back. And I mentioned Adam English and Colin Coughlin, but they they were really good as well. Like Mikey Kiley. Uh, absolutely. All the headlines, absolutely. You know, congratulations to the two lads. They, 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 they were fantastic. Like, um, you know, um, it augurs well for Limerick the way that these two lads are playing because. Um, um, they're, they're showing exceptionally good form. They've shown exceptionally good form in UL's run to, to winning the Fitzgibbon Cup. And Jack, they're seamless, seamlessly translating it onto the Limerick team. Yeah, like, um, the uh, Colin Coughlin's um, performances with, 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 with the Limerick team have been very, very impressive. And, and Adam English, we spoke about him last week and his performance against Clare. Really augurs well for the future, Jack. Yeah, they're two players that um, have hit the ground running, and the way it go, the way it's going, they'll be very close to a starting fifteen um, come championship time for Limerick. But that's UL Fitzgibbon Cup winners, UCC Sigerson Cup winners. Um, we have a debt notice, unfortunately, Matt, and that's just the way things are. And um, condolences to the, the family of Pat McGarry, who who passed away recently. A tremendous. Um, handball player, yeah, you were telling me, and obviously his brother did a lot with Limerick as well, but another gay lost. Oh, yeah, Jack, and uh, uh, absolutely. Um, I, 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 I remember him. I, I never saw him actually playing football other than following his career. Um, and, you know, Pat McGarry was, you know, was, was bringing titles to Limerick when uh, none of our hurlers or footballers were doing so in in the sixties, which was a very fallow period for 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 Limerick GA. And um, uh, he 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 was he was a member of the Old Saint Munchens Handball Club, um, which is now unfortunately <coughs> defunct. But Jack, in 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 his career, he won he won everything at under underage level, and and um, but. You know, I, I suppose the headline figure is that in his career, he won 27 Munster Senior titles to go with 11 All-Ireland Senior titles, which is absolutely a phenomenal run, run of success. 
um, you know, and in 2016, Jack, it, 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 was, it was very, very appropriate um, that Pat McGarry, who was a brother of the late Tom, a very well-known Limerick sportsman, um, he was inducted into the, the GA Hall of Fame. And um, it, 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 it certainly wasn't before time because Pat McGarry has been not only Limerick's, but one of the game's greatest handballers. And um, it, it, it's, it's very, very, very sad to hear of his passing. And uh, uh, we extend his sympathy to his wife and, and to his family. Uh, a truly, truly great Limerick sportsman is gone. Yeah, I pass on our condolences there again to the family. Um, and just off topic, Matt, I suppose Limerick J.A. had an announcement this morning that we'll have the Wolf Tones in the, in the two Skelly Crowns. On the twenty sixth of August, will you be going? Yeah, I'm a I'm a Wolf Tones fan. Yeah, what what's your what's your go to song from the Wolf Tones? <laughs> or is it is it safe to say? I'm out here black and tans. <laughs> I don't know if we can if we because can keep I've, that in. I, I, I I've had I've had so much stories about the black and tans. Okay. You know, and um, um, all anecdotal, of course, but um. Um, you know, but I, I, you know, I, I, I've spoken to people that obviously I'm around long enough that that vividly remember the black and tans, and 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 um, you know, I like my, I like most of their songs. I, 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 I like the, I like the Wolf Tones, and I, 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 I think one thing, T.U.S. Daily Grounds will be rocking, Jack. Yeah, well, 26th of August, you'll be hopeful that you'll have Liam McCarthy there. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. A month, it'll be a month after the All Ireland final, so yeah. the the club championship will be in the swing of things. Is the only thing it will. It will. And by, by the way, I, I was I, I was I was um I, I I was very very sorry when the breakup came in the Wolf Tones and that Derek Warfield left them, but um they've they've continued. They they you know they, the the Wolf do, Tones have stood the test of time. You know. Yeah, I do. I do like the Wolf Tones, and there is some sort of uh, historical, I suppose. Background. What's your favorite with him, Jack? I don't know. I, I'm to be honest, you know, between themselves and the Dubliners and the Hikings, I don't actually know who sings all those songs. The Wolf Tones don't sing Streets of New York, do they? That's uh, not them. No. Yeah, I'm seeing. I'd have to go into Spotify and check. I'll have I'll have it for oh, you. I'll they, have it for they, you next they week. Do, they sing it sometimes. Um, very That's interesting one that thing. Um, the one, the a very interesting one that they sing. Go home, British soldiers. Go home. You're getting very, very political here. <laughs> I know, no, 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 but I'm, um, you know, we're, we're, we're um, you know, they, sing, it, they do it, sing. It's the one of those emotive ones that they sing, and and they seem to choose the right time during a during a performance for, to pick up these ones. Come out your black and tans, and go home, British soldiers, go home, and that that's sort the of thing. Yeah, well, look, it's it's good for it's good for the Gaelic crowns as you know, the Limerick community can get out there and it. There should be a bit of funds as well for for the Gaelic crowd. Oh yeah, you know? I, 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 so. I I I don't know what the capacity for a concert like that will be, but I will imagine I, I I'd be surprised if it won't be a sellout. Yeah, and hopefully it's it's the second sellout in a month. As I said, hopefully it'll be the homecoming in uh, July to warm up the Gaelic crowds, and then we'll have the Wolf Tones in August. But it's a it's fair play to Limerick Jay for organising it. it. It bodes well, and something to look forward to. Down the line, I'm not sure you get your tickets yet, but um, I'm sure when they're released, we'll let you know. But 
just an just under an hour and a half, Matt. Um, it was it was a very very busy podcast. Obviously, we had a huge contribution from Barry Hennessy at the start. Um, if you came in late, I definitely recommend to go back and listen. There's brilliant insight to to trainer on an Ireland winning camp, and obviously he's won four Limerick senior hurling titles with Kilmallock and won a Munster and got an All Ireland with him as well. So a glittering career um, for Barry, and then we obviously have all the games look forward to this weekend. Uh, the Camogie side are at home on Saturday against Antrim. Prof are in Kaledi on Saturday in the Ireland final. And then on Sunday, you have the senior hurlers and senior footballers, both on the road, hurlers in Galway, footballers in Cork. So the best look to all those sides. A huge thank you to everyone that's listened in. Make sure you like and subscribe. Do all those good things um, on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, and Twitter. And again, to you, Matt, a huge thank you for your indelible contribution, as always, and your, your choice of Wolton songs at the end we'll be in touch next week to look Thank forward to more don't games be, don't be hanging that around my neck for the next six months no i won't i won't not until the, not until the concert we'll see how you behave inside the gala grounds but for from us a huge thank you and we'll be back again next week impression the game we get all with what you put into it's like a walk alive if you're good enough go and get it no more about it Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pound's worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, it's Shawnee Buckley. To do that to Tomas O'Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Let me spend out there from the world court today. No more about him. He made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the fact of it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. No sympathy in this game for anybody.